There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Election Day, Tuesday, November 8th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Over the last week, we've heard from candidates, politicians, and poll workers. But on this Election Day, it's the voters' turn to speak. Today, we're going to hear from those at the polls across our region, starting in Virginia, where there are two super competitive House races in District 7 and 10. A majority of the voters I talked to mentioned abortion first and mentioned uh, the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade. Then we head on over to Maryland, where the governor's mansion is up for grabs, and see what's top of mind for voters there. The two biggest issues, probably the economy and inflation, for one, obviously. And then after that, a lot of people express their concern about just sort of the state of government and, and democracy and the future of the country. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. And I'm Megan Cloherty. The first polls to open in our region and in the country, actually, were in Virginia. Voting starts early there at the crack of dawn, 6 a.m. And WTOP reporter Luke Lukert was there when the first voters filed into precincts to cast their ballots. Luke, thanks for being here. Oh, thank you guys for having me. So first off, you were there this morning. Tell us, you know, briefly what you saw. First thing in the morning, 6 a.m., there, there were quite a few voters in line ready to go trying to get their ballots in before work i'm here at woodbridge middle school in woodbridge um but since then it's been pretty quiet there's there's really been no lines um you know i've talked to both campaigns and some of the poll workers here they're expecting some more turnout here in the afternoon as people start getting off work as they pick up their kids from school so they're really starting to kind of gear up for, uh, you know, a later afternoon kind of blitz on the site. But so far, not a ton of lines. People are filing in. And honestly, the, the voters that I have talked to have been a little frustrated. And that's what bothers me is I come out here and I know it's early, but there's not a lot of turnout. And I don't think there will be as much turnout as there should be, especially for a swing state. The turnout so far this morning has been pretty lackluster. Hmm, that's interesting. Did you go to Woodridge Middle School because you knew that both candidates were going to be there? <laughs> or is that just a fake? I, I, <laughs> I knew that one of the candidates was going to be here. Okay. so uh, I got an email saying that uh, Congresswoman uh, Abigail Spamberger was going to drop by earlier this morning. And then I talked to uh, a couple of folks who were here with the Vega campaign, Yesley Vega's campaign, and they let me in like, hey, you might want to stick around for uh, another hour or so. You might uh, see somebody come by. So I stuck around and, and got to talk to both candidates, actually. Interesting. I mean, that's one of the races most closely watched nationally and locally here. What did each candidate say to you on Election Day? I mean, I'm sure they're nervous and excited. Yeah, and, and I brought that up. I was like, you know, this is definitely the most watched congressional race in this area, but also country, you know, nationwide, one of the most closely watched races Congresswoman Spanberger told me, you know, she's very used to these high pressure contested races. This is what I know. High pressure toss up campaigns. I guess it's uh, it's what I like. And so far what I've been good at. Past two have been like that for her. 
And Yesley Vega said, you know, that this is her home turf. I live in this county. I work in this county. I serve on the board of county supervisors in this county. Uh, I've literally put my life on the line for this county. And that she thinks that she fits the area better than her opponent. Let's move to the economy. I know that's one of the top issues among voters nationwide and, of course, in Virginia. Um, what did you hear on that this morning from voters? And gas prices, that was the uh, first thing out of uh, uh, several of the voters I talked to's mouths. The biggest thing for me is just gas. It's like, oh, my God, it hurts the, hurts the, hurts the credit card, that's for sure. Talked to another lady who said that was the top thing on her mind was the economy and grocery and gas prices, something mm. that, you know, we're not shocked by right now. You know, I, I filled up on the way down here from D.C. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like, oh, yep. Gas prices are definitely yeah. a thing uh, that are in voters' minds. It's mm. kind of refreshed in my mind. Right. And did they tell you which way that would make them sway in their vote, or did they divulge that? You know, some people still like to keep uh, it close to the vest on on who uh, they supported. But I, I talked to one gentleman who, who definitely said that he voted for, for uh, Ms. Vega because of gas prices and, and the way the economy's going. And shifting to another galvanizing issue here is abortion. So did you hear voters talk about that issue? Uh, yes, that was probably the top thing I heard from voters. For me, it is uh, Roe versus Wade. Um, I love the women in my family. I feel they should have all the rights they deserve. You know, I, I knew that it would be a big issue mm-hmm. in this district, but I thought that the economy would be in the front of mind. But a uh, majority of the voters I talked to mentioned abortion first and mentioned uh, the recent overturning of Roe v. Wade. Frankly, I don't have the uterus, therefore I don't really think I should have any kind of say in what a woman does with it. So if, you know, within a reason anyway, that is. And that, you know, the uh, candidate's abortion stance was a deciding factor on, on who they would vote for. The women's right to choose is really important um, with our two candidates. There's one who clearly agrees and aligns with what I think. Several of them told me that they were voting for Congresswoman Spanberger because of uh, Yesley Vega's stance on abortion, Mm -hmm. which she has clarified that she is pro-life with exceptions for the safety of the mother, rape and incest. Anything else like that stood out to you today? I know sometimes it's hard because you're standing there and, and people go in, go out. They don't necessarily want to talk. They want to keep their votes to themselves. But what struck you mm-hmm. about this election day um, that maybe stands out? Something that kind of uh, hit me that has not really been a, a huge issue this election cycle, and especially in this area, was gun rights. I had two gentlemen say that that was a, an important thing to them, one of who voted for Yesley Vega, one of who voted for Abigail Spanberger, but both Mm. said that uh, gun rights and the Second Amendment were important to them Mm. and uh, as one of their key issues. So I thought that was uh, very interesting. was not expecting to that for that to be a core issue this election cycle. Obviously, it's a very, very big issue. And I mean, for a lot of people, that's a single issue kind of uh, voting. But I, I just wasn't expecting to hear a lot about that. But two different gentlemen, you know, it was important for them. And yet they voted for two different candidates, which mm. I interesting. thought was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the big question here is when will we know the results? You know, there's a lot of mail-in ballots. There's a lot of early voting. Um, in Virginia, what's that answer? You know, if, if last year's any indicator, you know, we could know tonight. But, I mean, if it's a really close race, 
who knows? Right. You know, you're not hearing that this is probably this not going to probably go into a runoff. But uh, I would say later tonight. But if it is super tight and there needs to be a recount. Yeah, it's hard to predict. Yeah. Luke Lukert out in Woodbridge, Virginia, kind of getting a pulse on how voters are feeling out there. We appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Take care. And after the break, we'll hear what Maryland voters really want from their elected officials and what they really don't want to see. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Explain your DNA on on 10 cases, man. You're inside the police interrogation room with the alleged Potomac River rapist. I'm not guilty on any of this stuff. So calm, so reasonable. Could this be the man who terrorized women for nine years before murdering a brilliant scientist two decades ago? Experience one of the most fascinating true crime podcasts available. Join crime reporter Paul Wagner for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare series. Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms. Moving now to Maryland, the polls opened at 7 a.m. And on the ballot today is control of the governor's mansion and the recreational legalization of weed, among other issues. And WTOP reporter John Doman has been at voting precincts there, both in Prince George's and in Montgomery counties all morning. John, thanks for joining us from your car. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how I lived some days. <laughs> OK, so first off, tell us about your morning. Where did you spend it? And just generally, what was the vibe at the precincts? All right. Well, I started at the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden in Upper Marlboro, kind of near Watkins Park. It's uh, one of the busier precincts in Prince George's County. And true to form, there was a long line of people ready to go as soon as the doors open at seven o'clock. Oh, yeah. Probably 20 people deep. And then once the doors open, they just kept coming in. Uh, Spent a few hours there talking to people, spoke with uh, some people at a Banneker Middle School in Burtonsville as well. Mm. That was a a fairly busy spot, even though in sort of what you would consider, I think, the off hours kind of it was after when most people would leave for work, but before lunch. And I I think generally the the two biggest issues, probably the economy and inflation for one, obviously. Uh And then after that, a lot of people expressed their concern about just sort of the state of government and and democracy and the future of the country. Mm. And so those seem to be the two biggest issues, uh, at least from from what I heard from people. And let's dig into those. So on the economy, what did voters tell you? What were their concerns about the economy? Well, there was one guy that was a little skeptical as to how bad things might be his reply was a sort of a sarcastic, you know, people are still eating out and, and doing that sort of stuff. They talk about inflation, but inflation is one of the ones they're trying to promote, but people still shopping. They still going out to eat. So is it inflation or is it just something, something that they uh, pushing to get you to go the other way? Um, but a lot of people said that, you know, they're feeling the, uh, the pinch on things that, that if they're, in retirement or getting ready for retirement, they're noticing that, you know, they're not going to have many opportunities to increase their wages and, mm-hmm. and their income. We're getting older, we're retired, and now everything has to come down to crunch time when it comes to money. And I don't see the uh, Democrats doing a whole lot to take care of that. 
and things are getting more expensive. Uh, the food in the store is getting smaller compared to what you pay for. That's, that's the biggest thing, economy. This is rough right now. It's rough. You go to the grocery store, things are double. Packages are smaller, but the prices, the cost is higher. So, uh, you know, there is some legitimate concern, and that's not to say that everybody was going to vote one way or the other because of that issue, but it was definitely weighing on them. Tell me about the democracy concern. I'm interested in just about like this election or generally, you know, in a more broader sense. Yeah, I think it was in more of a broader sense. There was just this tone of worry and, and trepidation about what's being said, where where things are going with that. If the um, the infrastructure of, of the, the norms that we have kind of that have guided this country for a couple hundred years are going to be able to withstand some of the some of the complaints and some of the misinformation and, and just some of the the phrasing and just hmm. you know that sort of thing things are just crazy you know either either it's a fact or it's not a fact too many lies too much bs you know they, they see what's being said and, and the type of people who are running for office and trying to influence things and, and just sort of a, just a general disgust in general with people on the fringe on both sides. Mm. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of people who just said that, you know, the far left and the far right have them frustrated and, 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 and just not feeling positive about the direction of the country. And they wish that there was less of that. Hopefully more middle of the road politics. I don't want the fringe stuff on the left or the right. That's driving me nuts. I mean, I just want people to make good decisions based on what needs to be done and not on their you know, religious, political, whatever you want to call it, views. And abortion is also an issue at the top of voters' minds. At least that's what the polls showed. Did you see that this morning? Uh, there was one woman I spoke with who did say that uh, abortion and women's rights were a, a big factor for her. And I'm very, very supportive of women's rights, women's right to choose. She was one of those that I think about when we talk about sort of the concerns about democracy and where things are going. The direction of the country she was one of those who expressed concerns that people were voting with, without having i guess the full sense of information and, and full understanding of, of what their vote could imply and impact in mm. the future i'm frightened frankly by um not necessarily montgomery county but by by the atmosphere in our country she was one of those who was definitely worried about uh, about the direction of the country with women's rights and abortion being an issue that she was primarily concerned with. Mm. And John, we know that Maryland voters are also deciding um, on initiative, an initiative that would allow them to have a small amount of marijuana legally. Uh, question four, what do people have to say about that? For me, nothing. Didn't come <laughs> up a single time. Really? Mm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's something that I've joked about with some friends of mine, for sure. Right. But uh, but lately, that has not been on the table at all, e even in casual conversation with friends yeah. or among, you know, the probably the two dozen people I spoke with today. Not one person said anything about marijuana. Mm. It's interesting because it really hasn't been covered. I mean, it hasn't been that contentious, it seems to me, of right. an issue heading into this thing. And maybe that's because there are bigger fish to fry, if you will, um, on the on the ballot, in including the governor's race. Right. Yeah, I think that's probably some of it at least. Yeah. But also, I mean, if, if you look at just sort of the general acceptance and the the general sentiment about that anymore, it, it's not as stigmatized. It's not as divisive as it used to be. Mm. It, it's, it's one of those things where it's sort of slowly crept in between the medicinal uses and the legalization in other states. 
I'm just not sure that it carries the same sort of uh, naughtiness and, and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I guess bad stigmatization that it might have in the past. Mm. And other drugs can't necessarily say the same to that, but right. marijuana just sort of takes a different hold in our society anymore. Right. It holds less of a political weight as it used to. So we've talked about the economy, abortion and democracy more generally. But what about the candidates for governor? Did voters talk about Wes Moore and Dan Cox at all? So I tried to stay away from asking people directly who they were voting for, just because people can get a little put off by that sometimes. Uh, I mean, in Prince George's County, it was clear how a lot of the people I was speaking to were going to vote. I mean, that's that's sort of why were they wearing a button or something? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it wasn't that far. But, it's you know, look, if Westmore wins by as much as I think a lot of the polls suggest, a lot of that is going to come from the fact that Prince George's County is likely as a majority black county to to go very heavily for him. Yeah, Um, that's you know, Prince George's County is clearly going to be one of his strongholds. Um, and, and, and there's just, again, you know, if you go back to sort of the concerns that people have about democracy itself and the structure of government, I mean, you know, wh- whether you agree with Dan Cox or not, the fact was that he has been big on election integrity and, and casting suspicions about about voting and that sort of thing. And if that's one of your concerns in Prince George's County, at least. Um, you're going to view things a certain way, and, and it's probably not going to be in line with Dan Cox. Now, that's not to say that he doesn't have any support in Prince George's County, right. because I've seen the signs there right. in people's yards. But, you know, in Prince George's County, things things are going to go more toward West Moore. That's just how it's going to be. And likely, too, in Montgomery County. But did you get a, a, any sense that things were a little bit different there when it comes to the gubernatorial race? No, the, the, the governor's race didn't so much come up there. There was one woman I spoke with who, who was very clear that she was expecting to be much more optimistic later tonight when results started coming in. Uh, and, and that would be because she was anticipating, I think, what a lot of people are predicting in terms of uh, a, a Republican takeover of, of the House. But I, I think even those who are frustrated with the direction are, are right now, there was one guy in particular told me that he was really fed up with just the, the, the fringiness on both sides. He wasn't happy that Democrats propped up Dan Cox. What the, the Republicans did to the, I mean, the Democrats did the Republican candidate supporting his campaign so he would get elected so they know they'd kill him in the election. That's totally wrong. That's just bad politics on both sides. It sounded like if he had been able to vote for Kelly Schultz, who was the more moderate Republican who didn't win the primary, that's where he would have gone. Um, just having spoken with other people that are that are not necessarily on the MAGA side of things, but might be a little bit more moderate or conservative in nature. Uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if you see the libertarian candidate draw some protest votes. I don't think it's going to be all that substantial, mm. but that's just anecdotal that he's in some circles being viewed as sort of the uh, the protest vote candidate that's sort of in the middle between Dan Cox and Wes Moore. Mm. Makes sense. And John, do we have any idea of when we'll know the results uh, of this election day? It kind of depends on where you are and, and, and which results you're looking for, because some counties are have already counted the mail-in votes. They'll have those ready to go as soon as the polls close. And that would lead you to think that some county council races, some county executive races in some places will be decided perhaps as soon as late tonight. Uh, but then again, there are other places. You know, Anne Arundel County is not doing the mail-in voting until I think they start counting Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be a tight county executive race, I think. And and that's going to be a race where we're not going to know until 
end of this week, early next week, how that goes. Um, and, and in terms of the governor's race, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> depending on what the what the spread is, I guess. I mean, right. it's theoretically it's possible that that Westmore, because places like Montgomery County, Prince George's County and Baltimore is going to open up to such an enormous lead. His strongholds are, are tending to, to count the votes early. But we don't know that for sure. You know, the only county on the eastern shore that's opening ballots early is Talbot County. That's a little bit more moderate than than many of the other uh, counties on the eastern shore. So so it's going to depend on what races you're looking at. Uh, you know, first district race for Congress. I think most people expect Andy Harris, the Republican incumbent, to win that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that won't be declared probably for a few days, though, though I think it's likely that he, he will pull that off. Um, some of the other races that are maybe around the Baltimore area, could they could last for a couple of days. Mm. I love Election Day because you think you might know where something's going and we can all sit <laughs> here true. and get out our crystal ball. But I mean, and, and I'm sure, you know, political pundits are going to be talking all day about it. But you never know. There have been some big time surprises and we'll see if that delivers this time around. John Doman, thank you so much for your time in Maryland. Yep. And before we go, since it is Election Day, do you actually wear the little Election Day sticker, like I voted sticker? Oh, totally. I, <laughs> I do not have it on today because I voted by mail, so I wore it proudly on some random Thursday. <laughs> but it was cool. I love it. I love how, like, you know, there's this it, voting is a big deal, as yeah. we've been hearing. Um, but you just get this little sticker. It feels a little bit like you went to the doctor's <laughs> office and you got a, a, you know, a lollipop or something. But totally. it also is kind of cool. And what, what's really cool and why we wanted to bring this up is different jurisdictions have different stickers. Yep. And someone in the newsroom was saying how boring DC's was. They were jealous of the Maryland sticker, I believe. <laughs> DC's is just like a little American flag, and it says, I voted. And yo voté, which is like, I voted in Spanish. Right. But the Maryland's has like the flag and an orb. It and is a little cooler. Lots of stuff going yeah. on. I, I do like the simplicity, though, of the DC voting sticker. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. You know, voting stickers didn't used to always be a thing. It was only until the 1980s when it became kind of popularized. Really? Yeah, the earliest mention of it was October 29th, 1982. The Miami Herald had an article that mentioned, you know, just an I voted sticker. And then since that date, you know, they've kind of become more and more popular. And now they're really a fixture of our little ceremony of voting. I love it. I wonder how much like each jurisdiction like budgets to make little stickers like that it's probably a lot i mean i don't know you how have much to have a lot stickers, of stickers go ready yeah, to go a lot. 100 million who knows <laughs> hopefully you give them all out i'm a fan i, I want to keep this as a voting tradition i want a sticker for everything i do <laughs> that's go not to the true. dmv that's not Here's true. a sticker for your license <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do it for us today on the dmv download happy election day to you we hope you had a great day uh we are sponsored by steamfitters local 602 and our music is by real world Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. You can also follow us on social media. We're posting content every day. You can also find us on the World Wide Web at dmvdownload.com. <laughs> the World Wide Web. I haven't heard that in a while. The DMV <laughs> Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, and 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland. Online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a great night.